With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, it's Labor Day. A lot of people are taking, you know, today off, but not college football. Tonight, we're going to hit you with a whole bunch of college football, and I'll tell you about my trip to Jerry's house, to Jerry's world, here on RG One Mic. This thing right here is for my people's in the Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Trump Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And if you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. This is RSG with D. Wells. I'm here at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Michigan is Florida. The atmosphere is incredible. You can hear it, man. man. We're sitting here in the Michigan section. You know, I'm, I'm a hometown guy from Ann Arbor, so I'm enjoying it from this vantage point. But the atmosphere is great for college sports. I wish you were here. But I'll definitely drop the line to you when you listen to us on our podcast, RSG is in the house. I'm here with my brother Steve. Uh, Steve, tell us how you feel about the game tonight. Man, I feel lovely about it. It's a beautiful day. We about to win and give me this birthday win and we about to smash them and we heading on to the national championship. Go Blue! So now you know I'm here. It's uh, Steve's birthday weekend. You can hear him in the background, they're getting funky. You know, um, you know, he grew up with Jim and John Harbaugh. It was great to, to meet uh, Jim's wife. and uh, you know, family atmosphere of Creighton here in Michigan. You got all the alumni. Got a lot of players here today sitting in the section. Florida's got folks in. You know, it's going to be one of these competitive games. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always tell you I'm from Ann Arbor, so it's blue all day. Yeah, that was me. Yep, over there in uh, Dallas. Man. In Jerry's <laughs> world, baby. I want to do that for you because I know you were supposed to be in the house with me. 
Man, it was a great way to kick off college football, man. And, uh, you know, that, that was my brother, uh, Steve Wilson. You know, he uh, grew up with the hardballs, and uh, it, uh, we had a chance to uh, kind of connect with some folks there on the Michigan side. But the atmosphere in AT&T Stadium was electric. The, the, the Gator fans were out there hard. The Wolverine fans were out there hard. It was just a great scene for college football, and I had a great time, man. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that game and other college stuff today. Uh, you know, all the calls are brought to you by our good friends over there at Carbon World Health, you know, the complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to connect with Dr. Rodriguez and his staff to learn more about lifestyle medicine. Tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. And follow us on RealSportsGuys.com, or you can listen to us on iTunes. Just type in Real Sports Guys and uh, give us a review. Um, uh, give us uh, five stars. You know, give us love. We love that. And uh, you can uh, look for us at Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms. We'll gauge it. We'll get there. Um, you can uh, get me personally at RSG, D-Wills, D-W-I-L-S, on all those platforms, and, including Snapchat and everything else. Uh, but, yeah, the AT&T Stadium College Football is official. Yes, yeah, Labor Day weekend. But, hey, we got some folks working on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And uh, a lot of things going on. So, you know, Hank and I will be able to hit that button. Let me bring my guy in. How you doing, Hank? Hey, you know, I'm doing great, D-Wills. And I just want to say to everybody out there, very happy Labor Day to you. You know, it. You know, this is one of those days, you know, that you, that work came back in the day where the labor workers and labor unions got together and they, you know, they take a time out to get us this a three-day weekend, but it's really to celebrate the work the workers here in the, in America, and to each and every one of you, again, a very happy Labor Day. I hope your day was uh, was peaceful because this is the unofficial uh, uh, end of summer, D, unfortunately. You know, as they say, Memorial Day kicks it off, Labor Day closes it out. So, you know, it can be bittersweet because after right around Labor Day is my favorite time of the year, buddy, and that's college football. And, you know, we can spend all this show Talking about it, you will not, you know, you will not hear a mumbling word from the negative out of me. <laughs> well, we're gonna have some stuff that can heat it up because there's a lot of stuff, even the storylines that beginning in, in week one. Um, and yeah, I think you know, uh, um, it's to recognize, you know, you know, all the people get up every day, and, and I know today that there are folks still working hard uh, in Houston, and particularly in Dallas. We were hearing a lot of stories. I was engaging a number of people who, who flew up from Houston, got away. Um, some folks connected to our family down there from Houston that w- uh, was up there. We were able to talk to them. Um, even the felt the effect uh, their alliance with gas in Dallas because, of, you know, they weren't able to get the gas, uh, the refineries in Houston getting gas up there. Uh, so there are a lot of people still digging out uh, down there in Houston and uh, cities like Beaumont uh, in Texas. But, you know, that you can hear you can feel the spirit. Uh, there uh, in a great state, a lot of people rallying and uh, going to be looking. I know we have a, another hurricane coming at us, and you know, just want to send extend uh, blessings and and just our thoughts and prayers out to folks as they continue to to work their way through this uh, from uh, all of us here at Real Sports Guys. Absolutely, um, I, I, so, I can't amplify what you're saying any more than that. But I want to also give a shout out to all those who have contributed to the relief effort in Houston. I just want to say that you just see some of the numbers that's come in that's, you know, to to help this city to to rebuild and to just get back on its feet, you know. 
uh, it's just been fantastic. J.J. Watt uh, and and his effort of over eighteen million dollars. You know, just it's it's just been something to 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 behold. It's good to see. You know, you know, in the midst of such a tragic you know event that you see just such an outpouring of of from people. You know, when we're in such a divisive time, D, you want to take a minute to just you know take pause or something that is just that that wonderful to really try to see you know others try to rally together and get this great city back up on its feet. You know, bravo to all of those and to continue the efforts to, you know, get Houston and, and the outlying areas, you know, back on its feet. Way, way to go. And, uh, and uh, we'll continue to monitor that. And, you know, you know, part of our space that we do uh, here on Real Sports Guys, we, are, we uh, uh, really uh, pay attention and will um, speak to um, – Issues uh, that are uh, impacting communities. That's just a part of what we do. If it's the first time you uh, are listening to us, um, and uh, you'll hear that on all of our platforms. This is uh, one mic where we uh, tend to go uh, deeper uh, in terms of our topic. Today we'll be focused on, on college football. Uh, if you want to catch some of our other podcasts on our platform, uh, The Big Show uh, with my guy Phil and uh, my guy Phil and Marcus, uh, I've described that as a kind of a seminar in a barbershop. Is that barbershop energy, but we're going to hit you in the head intellectually, uh, uh, mixing up a little bit of humor. Um, and then Hank uh, does uh, Inside the Park. That's our focus on baseball, the national pastime. But we we in the twist. It's beyond metrics. You know, it, it's, it's adding the life and the ump back into baseball. And uh, Hank does an incredible job with that. Um, and uh, we're going to continue to push uh, Inside the Park. And then we have our um, uh, hustle and Flow, that's uh, where Sekou and Marcus, that intersection between uh, hip-hop and sports. Um, and you'll get much, much more for us as we continue to push this platform. Uh, we thank you all for being here. You know, we we kind of uh, we got kind of the Wu-Tang effect of sports. You know, we, we, we got so many talented folks, but we all gather around this uh, real sports guy's kind of momentum. Um, and so we'll drop a lot of different things on you uh, as, we, as we roll throughout the year. So uh, today... It's Labor Day weekend, uh, but, you know, college football is officially opened its doors. Um, you know, there were some games before, but Labor Day weekend, as, 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 as uh, Hank said, is kind of, the, kind of the end of the summer, but really the kickoff to the college football season. Uh, we've had, we had some incredible games on. Um, we were able to see what's happening with some of these folks in the top ten. As I can say, you know, with everything going on, people can say a lot about Jerry Jones. What they can't say Anything about him is that he understands business and he understands presentation. And if you have not been to AT&T Stadium, it's a treat to go down there. Um, if, if, if everything's higher than a, a, a giraffe's neck down there in terms of prices, but the pres- presentation in that stadium <laughs> to come in there, uh, he'll reach into your pocket, though. Jerry ain't going to miss any money. Uh, but it was an incredible uh, environment uh, to be there for Michigan against Florida. Uh, you know, two teams that are trying to find their uh, identity, uh, trying to uh, make a run and being hopeful. Uh, Florida coming into the game uh, with a number of suspensions, some knuckleheads who are trying to resell shirts and, and do some incredible stuff. I, I understand, you know, we are folks who talk about folks needing to have access to resources and everything else. But like I always tell my students, there's a good hustle and a bad hustle. And trying to resell shirts that you know they might be tracking is not a good hustle. And so they come in, Gator fans, was, you know, 
Uh, I, I, I describe them as they're coming to Reno. They're a lot like Conor McGregor. They're talking a lot of junk early. Uh, they're talking <laughs> a lot of junk early as we walk into the stadium. You know, had a lot of creative stuff they were saying on the way uh, uh, way in. Um, it was one of the reasons why I tried some gator meat this summer, so I know what it tastes like to eat gator. Uh, uh, and so I want to understand that as we're coming in. They, they got uh, the Gator fans though are very gracious. Um, uh, uh, they there's uh, a southern uh, hospitality to them, but at the same time they got they try to bring a little swag to it. Uh, and and they're killing me with the dress though. Everybody kind of dressing up like going to the cocktail party. You know, uh, skinny jeans are up there, skinny pants up there with the plaid shirts. You know, it, it was it was it was it was it was it was something to 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 to, to, to be seen. Uh, the atmosphere was right. Michigan was out there in, in, in the uh, uh, in the maize uniforms. Uh, you know, you had Emma Smith uh, there as the, as the uh, guest captain uh, uh, for the toss. Uh, it, it was quite a spe- quite a spectacle. And so, uh, I want to open up with that. You know, college football season start game. Just your general observation. I know you know, and, and, and even as you're thinking about, I know you're you're a Michigan fan. Even as you were thinking about that game, how was your? What were you feeling like this weekend? What was it like to, to be watching the game from where you were? Because uh, you know you were supposed to be in the building. But give me your feel <laughs> uh, about how you did. Let me let me tell you. First of all, you know how I am about college football. So the fact that uh, they had what they had, what the NCAA called Week Zero, where you had all these games, D, that that kind of started just before this weekend. You know, to kind of wet your whistle, if you will. You had teams like. Stanford playing Rice, you know, out in Australia. And you had games like that. You had Ohio State this Thursday where you had a mega cast of folks uh, with the game on three or four different stations. And they're playing Indiana. Indiana. When was the last time was Indiana even prime time in, 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 in the football? You know, I mean, I don't think your father's father was born when that happened. But the point is they, they hyped it up because they knew – that folks was ready to watch college football. They could not wait to get that college football fix on. So with that being said, you move into the primetime games, which they have been hyping all year. And I love the fact that they start the season. You know, they have these, these all these different games that's played in these professional ballparks, in these, these professional uh, football stadiums. You know, you had uh, uh, Purdue playing Louisville down in Indianapolis, okay, at Lucas Oil Stadium. You had the game last night where you had uh, Virginia Tech against Virginia, uh, West Virginia, and they're playing where the, where the Redskins play. You had the game down at Jerry World. You had the game against with Florida State and Alabama, you know, in the new stadium in Atlanta. It was it was awesome, you know. And, and when that game came on, I'll get back to the Michigan game. When that game came on, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you, okay. I had, it felt like I had eight, maybe ten pounds of concrete. And it had just solidified in my stomach. I just was absolutely devastated. I knew I was supposed to have been down there. And when my boys ran out on the field with them sweet maize unis on, I was like, man, I know they are going crazy down there. I know they're going absolutely nuts. Now, with that being said, just like every other college football fan in America that that has a passion for their team, it's time to get in the game mode. So then all of a sudden you get rid of the, well, I should be there, but I'm here right now in spirit. Now my heartbeat is up in my neck, right, especially after the back-to-back uh, turnovers. 
You know, then all of a sudden, for Michigan fan, that turns into gloom and doom, even though you got a whole second half left to play. But we saw what we saw. Uh, the team pulled it out. You know, we always you, you, we learned that we don't take too much out the first game because they don't have a preseason or anything like that in college football. But you you have to enjoy the pageantry. You have to enjoy the passion. You have, and, and the thing is, is every team has that passion. Every team has that joy. And that's the one thing about this sport that just, it, it does set itself apart from everything else, man. It's just that everybody has that enthusiasm on any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even and, and last night, and then going into tonight. And if you're just a fan, you just eat this up. But I got to tell you, you know, it's it's even more fun to continue to watch the games Watch your team win. Some really good stuff there. And, uh, you know, let's let's start with uh, a couple of games. Let's start with the Michigan game. And then I, I want to go back to a couple other games we'll, we'll throw up. And, you know, one thing that you and I are going to talk about is, you know, there, there are a couple of coaches who are on the hot seat. Uh, we have a couple of new coaches uh, yeah. uh, who came in um, and had their first game. And, and one particular is the Texas coach. Cause that situation was the most interesting in terms of the change and why they made the change. Uh, and then what happened to them uh, this past weekend. But with Michigan, I mean, one of the things that happened, um, I had a chance, we were hanging around the hotel, people asked me a lot of questions um, and um, about Michigan. I, I think I had even had a couple of Florida fans and a couple we were talking a little bit. And one of the things I said, and I, I told my brother this uh, when we were preparing and thinking about the game, is that, um, and people know that, you know, I also have this allegiance to the Badgers as well, um, but I think they, both these teams have the same issue. And I said it. I said, look, the quarterback's got to play, make four or five plays against that he makes. Not that was designed by the coach to, to get the play there, but that you can tell that this is a play that he's making. Uh, and, you know, I said, Wilton, I said that last year. Uh, at Iowa, he didn't make it. Uh, against Ohio State, he didn't quite make it. Now, he was coming off an injury. People understood that in the ball game, uh, you know, they, they quite didn't have there. So, so part of it was, you know, he's, his, his shoulder healed. Coming back, he's got an off season. He, they named him the starter. I know they had the competition, but everybody had a pretty good feeling he was going to be starting. Uh, so I'm saying this, and then uh, Steve was goes Will's dad. Now Will's dad's like six five uh, behind me, but I'm like, hey, truth is truth, and I, you know, me, I'm just going to say what I got to say. And so I'm sitting there watching mm-hmm. the game. And it was like he never calmed down. He never relaxed. He was throwing the ball behind people. He was throwing 100 miles an hour. It felt like watching an early Brett Favre. And, um, and then he gets yanked um, for uh, uh, O'Corn, and then they come back to him. Uh, but he still doesn't quite make those plays. And um, he's got some young receivers, but, you know, you've got to be able to make it easy on them. And so I think going forward, they're really going to have to do it. The one thing I didn't see Michigan do a lot until late was even throwing the ball to their tight end. One of the things you think about a Jim Harbaugh team is the feature of the tight end of fullbacks. The middle was open. Um, I was there with my uh, uh, cousin who was a former, uh, you know, uh, football coach. He coached uh, internationally. He coached college football. I mean, he was saying middle field is open. You know, they're not using tight end finally late in the second half of this. So I think there's some things from the Michigan side that, um, that, where I really think they have to clean up that you're not, even with Cincinnati game, you're not going to know until you, they get against another 
highly ranked squad to see if those things have really been fixed. You know, a game like Cincinnati can be fool's gold because they can work, but it, it, it's not with the same level of intensity and, and kind of stress that you're going to be under when you're, when you're playing against, you know, top 15 competition. And then on the Florida side, you know, I think, you know, they, they then pull sparks out. And, I, and, and even though he was struggling, he's your future. <laughs> you got to just ride it with him. He's going against, you know, Michigan defense was a, is a championship-looking defense. Florida's defense still looks pretty good. You know, but, but this is, you got to figure out how to win with this guy, and then you take him out. And I'm thinking you got to leave this kid in and just kind of let him play, let him kind of work through a lot of these things and learn under this environment. So, you know, there's a number of things these coaches are going to be walking away with, but when he turned that ball over twice, and, you know, people could say, well, the receivers should have caught it, but that thing was high, high. Um, yeah, it that, was. That kind of threw me off. And, and, and man, you see some ex-players were like, <laughs> they're breathing quiet. Uh, and then a couple of Gator fans tried to come over and sit down. Then, uh, But when, when Michigan went that run, I, I turned around and they were gone. So, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was, you know, <laughs> it, it was, you could see, you could see the defense is championship for Michigan. They're fast. They, they, they control the line of scrimmage. That defense, even though people had a lot of questions about it, that defense is going to be a championship level defense. Offensively, yes. they got they got more they got more talent. Last year, I didn't think they had that talent that could just hit the house. This year, they got the talent to hit the house, but it's all going to come down to how well the quarterback can get all of those guys the ball and control the game. And so, it's going to be interesting to kind of see this thing moving forward, man. But there was a lot of pissed people uh, when he threw two interceptions. I can say that. Yeah, well, let me tell you. I mean, now let me give you my observation, and, and I don't blame you, because the second interception looked worse than the first one. Okay, you had folks that, especially if you if you were watching it on television, you had some folks saying, "Well, Crawford got both hands on the ball, which means he needs to pull it down." Okay, the second one, you know, he just really poorly, very poorly overthrew uh, Grant Perry, and there you go. You cannot do that. Now, see, here's the thing that. Uh, being a Michigan fan, you go back to the Ohio State game last year, and that turned the tide in that game. Michigan was handling that game. He throws a pick six, and there you go. You're off to the races. And see, so this is this is something that if a Michigan fan is saying is a chronic problem, okay. And and this is also an issue that we saw in the spring. We saw that he has some issues with his accuracy. Now I don't know if you know they are. They, they, I, I totally believe that his shoulder is healed, but you know, th- does that also kind of rattle his his confidence a little bit? You know, the, even the fact that we're saying that it was a quarterback competition with all the time he had last year, and the thing that I saw was, you know, twofold with Wilton Spade. He also had some very nice deep throws. He made some very nice deep throws. Uh, he missed a couple. He missed a wide open touchdown pass. A couple of them. Okay, when they go back and show it on replay, he missed uh, Crawford again. He tried to run a fade. He just threw it back in his chest. Nobody was going to touch him. All of Florida's defense was on the line of scrimmage. Okay, and then he, again, as you said, he hit the middle was wide open. They waited till almost late in the second half to start using the tight ends. I don't know what that was about. Maybe that was play calling. But I do want to get back to a couple things that we didn't talk about. First of all was the offensive line. Michigan ran for over 200 yards on a, on a very aggressive defense, okay? That's to say something. 
Ty Isaac, the running back. All of a sudden now, they started to open up some holes. They were able to run on third and long and pick up first downs. That was impressive to me. I think that's the unsung hero of this game was the fact that they were able to actually move the ball late in the game by running the football, which was something that we did not see at all last year with this team. And then the other piece to that is that they have a very athletic offensive line, which was only going to get better. Now, I think that because when you throw back-to-back um, uh, pick sixes, that's going to get the attention, especially of the national media, especially of your fans and saying, okay, he ain't got it. But I don't think that's the whole story, D. I think that uh, – you know, that, that he had to gain his confidence. I think this game is going to go a long way for the confidence of uh, Wilton Spate simply because Jimmy handled it properly. Put him back in the game, let him, you know, orchestrate that victory, okay, or with a couple of nice passes, uh, and, and, and let this kid get his stuff together. I think that that injury, he got rattled a lot last year. He got rattled in the Colorado game last year, if you recall. Uh, when he took a he took a shot and he wasn't the same quarterback, so he has to handle him with kid gloves. The, the rest of the quarterbacks, you might as well forget it. They're not ready yet. If they were ready, they'd be playing. You have to rely upon uh, Harbaugh and his magic to get Spate right. That's the way I see it. I remember Michigan fans saying that they didn't think that Jake Rudock was any good after about week six. Now we see how he's doing. So this it's just going to take a little bit longer for Wilton, but I, I fully expect him to be a better quarterback than he was last year. Yeah, and, and at first, you know, I was like, you know, this is just fundamentals because sometimes the ball's going high. Um, it can be fundamentals, and there's some of that there. Uh, but some of it's just that he has to just calm down. That's like, it. At this point, you have enough you, you have enough games under your belt. You Everybody else can be hyped and running around. You should be. And so I think part of it is, He's got to control his motions early, and some of that might be how they do play calling. Like they don't, you know, like the tight end. Every time they threw it to the tight end, they completed the pass. I mean, Florida was not bumping the tight end at the line. Every time he released, he was open, and that's a way that you could get a, a guy like that some confidence. You know, get him kind of in the flow. Uh, when you get a couple, then he's kind of calming down. So I think he's got to find ways to to, to get him calm. And then I think once he's calm, he throws a good ball. And so I think a lot of this psychological. Um, but, you know, I think the big, their biggest issue right now in Michigan between them um, and, and besides the, the game they got to play in Madison uh, and, and going undefeated in uh, and, and, uh, Buckeyes is whether or not Wilton can be. Because Wilton has to be a Big Ten first-team performer. He's yes. got to be pushing All-American performance for them to get where they want to go. So that means he can't be the problem. Right. So I think that, now, let me, I let me that add all, this too. Okay. I also think that you know you you cannot you you really cannot uh, just dispel the fact that this is a new receiving uh, unit for him. Okay, everybody, his two wideouts and his tight end are brand new from last year. All right, and so is he aiming the ball a little bit? Is he trying too hard the first time out with these guys? You know. There's just certain things, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying what I see. You got talent, but you but you also you got to make sure that communication is down and right. And I think that what I look to see is him having a little bit more confidence just to put the ball out there. Don't aim the ball; just put it out there, knowing your receiver can go get it. And you know, you you didn't 
you didn't necessarily see all of that. You saw him throwing the ball to a lot of different receivers. And so, you know, I, I just do – I truly believe because there were stretches last year where he was one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks in, in, the, in the Big Ten. So uh, you just don't lose that. I think that coming back into this game with all that was going on, with a lot of uncertainty with what he was going to be throwing to, because that's a big deal for a quarterback. That's a big deal, especially when you got Kakoa Crawford, you got um, uh, Tariq Black, who is the truth. All right, you got uh, uh, People Jones, who I think he only targeted maybe once or twice. And you don't have Jake Butt. You've got a series of tight ends you got to get the ball to. We have to see how that transpires. I can't. I, I will. So we'll see what goes on with that. But the fact is, they did move the ball on the ground. And that's going to help Wilton immensely, and it's going to help their play action. But that defense, if they were concerned about that defense, whew, I, you know, I can't wait till you know, I'm, I'm glad that they don't play Penn State and uh, Wisconsin until late in the season. Those two games are going to be some slobber knockers, buddy, I'm telling you. Yeah, that, that, that guy Bush, uh, Hurst, <laughs> uh, those cats, uh, they get around on you. You know, yes, running football is not going to be an easy thing. You know, they 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 mean business, and that defensive backfield uh, is only going to get better. And they, you can see the talent back there. So that defense is going to get get better. Let, let me change over here. The other game that I was keep my eye on, obviously, was uh, what was happening up there in Madison. And let me let me paint the picture a little bit. Um, Utah State. The last time they came into Camp Randall, they were led by Gary Anderson, uh, who ended up. It, it was on that game. Um, uh, where Bill almost gets a roast, where where Utah State went into the half and it was they were pretty much dominating. Defense was incredible. They had the Badgers on the hills. I was actually down in the field to see that the speed. Um, and that was actually the game that Alvarez, uh, when uh, Bielema left after watching that game, saw Anderson as would be his next coach. And so I was interested to see how Utah State, because this is a program that not a lot of people understand and you know and and notice. Uh, that they give a lot of folks a hard time. And uh, so they start out um, the first quarter 10 nothing, and I'm nervous again. And, and then the Bears go on a 59-0 run. Looked like them old days. And I had the same question we just had about State, about uh, about Hornybrook, more about Hornybrook because he started as a freshman and how is he going to get to be a sophomore. This is a guy from Pennsylvania. You know he's got the skills, but, you know, you want to see if those things mature. Uh, and then, you know, he throws for 244 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, but that running game, uh, the, you know, the Badgers been known running back core. And, and watching, you know, uh, Taylor and Shaw uh, putting it together uh, uh, and getting those runs and pushing it up, uh, they, they add a lot of talent. And then, you know, uh, they, they, they are uh, uh, incredible. And then you got Troy uh, Fumagalli. Um, who is you know all American level tight end uh, going? He, he had 105 yards uh, and uh, one TD. Uh, he caught one for 44. He's a tough cover uh, by anyone. So you, you know people worry about the Badger defense. They start they they look really good. And that offense looks like it's clicking. Um, and so you look like you you're beginning to set up. You know there's going to be a meeting of the minds. I think with the November 18th in, in Madison uh, between the Wolverines and the Badgers. There's going to be a meeting there. Uh, in the middle field, Camp Randall, and uh, I'm already excited about being in that house for that game. Um, and and uh, Big Ten, you know, putting that big showing. You know, people are questioning where the Big Ten was going to be, 
uh, in there. And so that game looked good. And then you had Maryland. Wow. After yeah. Who go down to Texas and put it on the Longhorns. And, you know, everybody was like, Charlie got to go. And so they bring in a, another coach, you know, highly touted, comes on in and loses. Offense looks the same. Defense looks the same. Special teams looks the same. I got to tell you. Hank, I want to hear I look at that. I watched that game. And um, I was I was impressed first and foremost by what the DJ Durkin has done with Maryland. Okay? And I yes. hope their quarterback, P. Graham, I hope he uh, – isn't isn't injured for any period of time. I haven't heard anything yet. That young man is the truth. But let me say this: uh, when it, when it comes to a, a new coach trying to coach another play, a player, another uh, coach's players, okay, that's not the easiest thing to do. Okay, we went through that here. All right, and it takes some time. It takes some time, and then when you got a team. Like like Maryland and 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 listen, I thought the Big Ten as a whole uh, accounted for itself, played itself very well this this weekend. Okay, Purdue played well. You know, uh, Indiana played well for a half. You know, even Rutgers showed a little bit of life for a little bit. You know, they 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 hung in there a little bit against Washington. So I thought they acquitted themselves very well. You know, this 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 week, and it, and it looked good. You know, I. Team struggle early, you should expect that game one. But Maryland is going to surprise some folks. I think that when you see teams like Maryland and Purdue and Indiana, you know, these other teams that thought they were going to be able to take a step up, Michigan State, uh, they're going to have to come and play. They're going to have to come and play every week. But to get back to that game, I think the most disappointing thing was watching Texas just fall all over themselves at home. Okay, they just, you could just tell that's a team that's got talent, but it just seems like, you know, a sedan stuck in the mud. It's just spinning their tires, mm-hmm. just spinning their tires. And it was like, what is wrong with y'all? And that's, that's taking nothing away from Maryland's performance. But it's just like, they're just a mistake, D. It's just like, they're like, they're like they didn't even go through spring practice or nothing. You know, it's like they was making some phenomenal mistakes and some and some penalties out of this world. I mean, that was not a good showing for Herman and, and for his first game. That team did not look prepared to play to me. Yeah, and and, and that's the you know, and, and you know, you, you always get a feeling like what is it going to be like to take that jump? You know, Urban Meyer had to take that jump from Utah to Florida, right? You can win, but taking that jump. When you're taking that jump and you're going to sit, you're sitting at the big kid's table. And that's what Texas is supposed to be doing. It's just a different game, right? Can your stuff, can your stuff travel with you? You know, and, you know, I think the closest you can probably compare uh, Herman to is maybe Urban Meyer in terms of his ascent. And, you know, Urban was able to go in Florida and, you know, he was trying to clean things up. They had some, some success in those, that first year. But I think people did not expect, that they would have this kind of performance against Maryland. I think you're right. Durkin, who's, you know, a former assistant at Michigan, you know, went out there and did his thing and got Maryland, and he's in a prime spot over there on the coast to recruit, you know, and to dip down into the south around the coast and dip up to New Jersey and get some running back. In his own backyard, he's got some players. So, you know, it's always interesting. You, You can't draw too many conclusions from this first week, but, you know, if this trend continues for a week or so, 
you know, it's going to get interesting because people in Texas aren't that patient. But they're not that patient, but we, all three phases of your game fail. Okay? You can yeah. say, you, we, we, sat here, we just talked about Michigan and said, you know what? The defense is the truth. They got a decent kicker, and the offense needs to work on some things. Texas was, was, was crapping the bed everywhere. They had special team gaffes. They had defensive gaffes. They were turning the ball over. It just was – they hung 31 points on – on Maryland, true enough, but they went home. Okay, that was an ugly performance. That was a terrible performance. Yeah, but and that's the part that I said worries me is like there was no phase, and it was like, well, what are y'all doing in the off season to have none of the phases work? It would have been different. Exactly, would have struggled. The defense would have been different, but to have nothing that was working uh, was was really incredible, and uh, you know something that. Uh, uh, you know, we're gonna have to keep a watch on it. You know, and you know, you know, don't just try to push it off on these uh, uh, you know, Charlie's players and a lot of stuff like that. You had a lot of time with these kids to put input. You think about where what Harbaugh did, even though he was taking over some players and some guys quit. Those kids, you could see immediately they were playing hard. You right. Know, you could see it immediately they were beginning to take on uh, uh, his personality. So, uh, you know, I want to see how this is all uh, going to go. But then Saturday night we had the big show, Florida State against Alabama. Florida State against Alabama. The rabbit. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm doing eight miles. Um, you know, uh, and 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 they. It was it was built to be a slobber knocker, and all we saw was just the same old Alabama. They put you in the yep. bill constrictor. <laughs> they put you, you know, saving you. You know, you and I remember when they went six and five at Michigan State. You know, right. you know, we remember that struggle. You know, but Saban got down in the LSU. He got that recruiting thing down, and now over to Alabama, put you in the bull constrictor, and uh, he just put it on. We looked at that. What What did you see uh, in terms of Florida State that you liked, didn't like, um, and then with Alabama? You know, what do you see as potential weaknesses with Alabama, uh, even though they had a strong performance? Listen, I, I, you know, this game put me to sleep about twice, okay? I had a 6 o'clock flight, and I was falling asleep watching the game. You're right. Man, that game must have knocked me out. Look at, and, I'm, and I mean, there was some good football on. I waited for that game, and I was waiting for that game. I figured with everything I done seen Saturday, this has got to be a good one. I must have nodded off at least twice. The thing is about it is that – the thing about uh, Alabama is they, 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 there's no need to panic on their side, okay? You have a coach that's seen it all, and he knows what he knows his team well, okay? So he just figured he could wear out a a Florida State team, and that's exactly what they did, okay? That 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 it was like there's going to be a battle of wheels here, and the first one that blinks is going to be the one that loses, and that's what you saw. I thought Florida State did okay. But Florida State just did not have an answer, okay? You, you and, and poor Francois, that poor kid is finally taking his toll. He's out for the season. He's got a, a torn patella tendon. He had to have surgery. But it was inevitable, okay? He was getting pounded last year, and they could see what they want to. They missed a Dalvin Cook, okay? Dalvin Cook was the game changer, you know, throwing a shout-out to my boy there, uh, for that team. 
All right, he was the he was the he was the the, the straw that stirred the drink for that offense, and without the you know the the, the young backs they have just ain't him, and so the, you you had no play action. You they the Alabama pretty much knew what Florida State was going to do, and they just put their ears back, and and that's what that's what I saw. I saw Alabama being Alabama. You need some sort of dynamics uh, to to stretch that defense. Okay, to stretch that defense vertically and then have a running back that causes a little bit of, or somebody, a quarterback that can cause a little bit of, um, you know, disruption to that, to that, to that uh, defensive front. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. They didn't fear Francois throwing the ball down the field, and they did not have that dynamic running game that would have made this game more interesting. I think that, and with the quarterback out now. You know, we have to see what this does to Florida State. Uh, that's going to be tough because if they cannot generate any offense, they can't play defense for 60 minutes. They showed that on Saturday. Yeah, and, you know, we're, you said, you know, everybody was paying attention to the, uh, the offensive line to see if uh, Francois was going to get some help, uh, and it just was not uh, happening. And you thought, you know, they could have cleaned that up in the offseason. And, uh, you know, Alabama, same old Alabama, it doesn't mean that Florida State can't bounce back, make a run, but you need to see them be much more nastier and physical. You know, that's a game that's really about, you know, are you going, are you going, like like you, like you, uh, Kevin Hart said about his uh, uncle. You know, are, are you going to speak with your chest? Is that what he said? <laughs> Whatever. You know, you got you got to come with that when you come to the Alabama game. I want to see what kind of dog they were coming with, and I didn't see the physical response that I was expecting from. Uh, Florida State. They got some players who could do it, but I didn't see that team leadership. Uh, I didn't see that kind of stuff that would just, you know, um, reflect uh, the history of their program. And so uh, we're going to wait to see. Alabama just moves on. You'll get a chance to see, you know, kind of, you know, they look like they're on a, a, a – I still didn't get a good sense. Hurst is throwing a little better. He's throwing a better deep ball. They are passing more um, and, and have much more balanced attacks. So, uh, we'll see how that plays, you know, as they get into some tighter games. Do they get conservative again um, in ways that um, we saw happen with Ohio State against Indiana early on? Um, and work with Indiana just because they have better athletes, but I don't know if it's going to work. So, you know, are some of these coaches who you thought were changing, are they going to go back to the same old thing uh, again? The other game, and this is a person that I, I don't know if you had a chance to play, watch him play, um, is uh, Josh Jackson. Uh, for Virginia Tech, and in uh, West Virginia, they have Will Greer. Now, Josh Jackson played at West Wing High School. His father was former coach over, running back coach over at uh, Michigan, right? Um, and um, he's starting for uh, Virginia Tech. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be that next kind of Mariota-type guy. Um, he, uh, uh, they end up eking out uh, uh, the Mountaineers, 31-24, uh, playing uh, 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 in the – uh, the uh, Washington Redskins home uh, space. Uh, and so, you know, another big game kind of highlight there. Uh, and, um, you know, Will Greer had a, a great game. He was 31 of 53 uh, for 371 yards, uh, three touchdowns. He had one interception. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Josh was uh, also running the ball well. So, but these teams, it was a competitive game. I think it was one of the better games of the weekend. Um but I don't know if you had a chance to see Josh play with in high school at all, Hank, or uh, but uh, what you might know about him. But he was a pretty talented kid. Um, you know, looks like that resurgence at Virginia Tech found their 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 quarterback. I have to tell you, I was stunned. 
Okay, I did, first of all, when I saw him on there, I saw a coach on the sideline after the game. I'm like, wow. I said, okay, okay, I see you, young man. I see you. But, um, you know, I, when, when you think about it, I know I saw a lot of folks like, why, why didn't we recruit him? Why didn't we recruit him? Well, I, you see why they didn't recruit him, okay? Here, and I'm talking about University of Michigan. You see why they didn't recruit him. They didn't recruit him because he's a running quarterback. He's got a decent arm. But he's a run. He's a run first quarterback. They, you know, they made a lot of references in the game last night about him being the first freshman to start since who? Michael Vick. Okay, so they're already making those parallels. So unless they wanted to make him a pocket passer, which really does not accentuate the talent that he showed last night. A big kid, got good speed, can get up the field, can change the the, um, the line of scrimmage. Uh, by, by with his with his with his legs as well as with his arms, uh, I think he's in a per, I think he's in a perfect spot. I didn't get a chance to watch him in high school, but you know I I, I got to be honest with you, D. I'm not that much into watching these high school kids too much. You know I like to see them when they get to the to the collegiate level. But it was really neat to see uh, to see him play and to see uh, coach on the sideline, see Virginia Tech. Uh, win that game. On the other side, Greer, though, with West Virginia, you know, Florida dropped the ball and kicked it out of bounds. They, You know, that, that, that's a guy right there. He had won his first six games before uh, he got he got suspended for PED use, and it was an over-counter PED use. Now, and let me just speak to that real quick. That uh, here, Here's a kid that gets suspended for a year for over-counter use of a, of a drug, but if he gets pulled over, by, uh, by for for DWI, it's the coach's discretion of whether or not he gets suspended. Isn't that crazy? But I digress. But uh, he he showed what kind of quarterback he is. He is a mature quarterback, and oh, could Florida have used him uh, the other night? But uh, he's he's got that's going to bode well for West Virginia. That was a very exciting game. It it, it was it was uh, one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Um, and it was it was fun to watch as you as you stated right there where the Redskins play. And again, I applaud the NCAA and the NFL for letting those games be played in those venues. It 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 brings a little bit more excitement. It's almost like a uh, uh, postseason or a preseason, you know, bowl games when they do that. So I, I, I like I like where they play those in those venues like that. You're listening to RSG One Mike. Uh, it's Labor Day show. Uh, we're talking about college football today. We're going deep. Uh, when we come back, uh, Hank and I are going to talk about a couple of coaches who are battling to see who was going to be in the hot seat. Talk to you on the other side. Real sports, uh, real sports guys, one mic.
welcome back. This is RSG One Mike. This is where we spend a lot of time digging in on on on, on a topic. Um, if you have a chance to hit some of our other podcasts uh, on uh, our platform, please uh, check them out. Uh, we have the big show. It's myself and Phil. It's the seminar in the barbershop. It's going to be a little bit of humor. We're going to take it deep, hit you in the head a couple of times, have you laughing, uh, a lot of energy uh, uh, with those folks. You can catch that. Uh, we have Inside the Park with Hank um, looking at baseball going beyond um, the uh, metrics, uh, going beyond all the quantitative data. But, you know, get back into the story of baseball, get, putting some other stuff back into it put some life and personality back in baseball, and that's what Hank does for us. And then we have our hustle and flows. That's an a, a intersection between hip-hop and sports uh, where uh, uh, Marcus and Sekou, uh, you know, will talk about uh, both music and talk about sports. Uh, it's a great one. Sekou does an annual um, uh, 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 list of uh, his favorite albums he's listened to, um, and we'll post that uh, at realsportsguys.com. You might have seen his list from last year. Uh, as well, uh, you can catch us at Real Sports uh, Guys on all social media platforms. Go to iTunes, type in Real Sports Guys or any other podcast platform, uh, and, and uh, subscribe. And then uh, review, give us some fives and give us some love and some feedback. We love that. Today's show is focused on college football. I'm here with uh, my guy Hank, and you know the thing about it, you know this is where we begin to understand the business. Of college football, you know, everybody say it's about the education and the athletes and all of that stuff. Um, but this is where you really start to understand that, you know, it's it's about the money. You know, at the end of the day, you know, when you walk into a place like Jerry's World and you start to look at and see all that money up there that's being spent, um, you see, you know, just a spectacle that is done when we're preparing for these big events and what. Schools and colleges will do in preparation with their alums. I mean, there's a lot of money tied to this, and a lot of emotions tied to this. You know, I sit in the stands down there uh, in the AT&T Stadium, you know, uh, with uh, the Wolverine faithful. You, know, you get a sense of that when you got the alums there and you got former football players there. You know, there's a lot of pressure uh, to win. You got Emmett Smith in there, and you're a Gator fan, and you know, and you watch the performance. You know, Emmett's got some. Got some, got some, got some notes he's sending back uh, to campus uh, about, you know, especially in his home stadium, you know, where he put the numbers up. He wants to see his team come out. So all of that is there, and no bigger game spoke your job is on the line than UCLA against Texas A and M. You got Mora Jr., you got Kevin Sumlin. Uh, Texas A and M fans have been on Kevin Sumlin. You know, UCLA Bruin fans thought they would have, you know, you know, had a chance here to dominate LA, and and, and had a window that is beginning to close, um, and so there's a lot of tension around that. Um, and um, you know, you know, I watched it A and M, and I said this to myself. I was watching the game. We were watching the game, and uh, they were just having a conversation about UCLA at halftime. They were talking about. UCLA was not being physical enough, was not hitting people in the heart. Dave Wonstad gave the most fiery halftime talk to the audience <laughs> that I've ever heard a coach analyst do. You know, he was pissed that 
you know, seeing a team that, that you know, didn't really come out and, and fight. Uh, uh, Rosen was getting knocked around. Uh, you know, uh, A&M was running all over them, actually running the football. So I go to sleep because I got an early flight. <laughs> and I wake up to all this noise, the, the most dramatic fourth-quarter comeback in, 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 uh, of all time. Rosen, who was the highly piloted quarterback, um, if people remember, uh, if you ever watched Snoop Dogg's uh, reality show he did with his son, uh, when they're playing, uh, he's playing high school in uh, in, uh, in Nevada, uh, competed, I think, against Rosen's team. You know, uh, it was a big thing about Snoop's son thinking about going to uh, UCLA versus USC. Snoop said he would he'd go to the game, but he would have to wear USC underwear. You know, so that's how we got to know a little bit about Rosen through that, for me. Um, and then, obviously, he's a highly talented guy. People picking him to be top five. They look like it. And then he puts on a show. He puts on a show. Morris back is against the wall because, you know, UCLA faithful are like, oh, no, not again. And they tweak it and they win it. And now someone, you, you hear Regents are calling for his job. You know, his big, the biggest thing was that he lost a lot of big games at home, um, and he just is not winning these big games. You know, Sumlin's a great coach. So we got two coaches on the hot seat, two big-time programs. Both of them come with a pretty good reputation, but it's, what have you done for me lately? Hank, what say you about that comeback by the Bruins and the hot seat these coaches are on? Kevin Sutherland should lose his job after that game. I watched. Look, you look here. I'm pulling for him, okay? I'm pulling for him. I felt like of those two coaches, I felt like Jim Moore had a little bit more wiggle room than Kevin Sutherland. Kevin Sutherland should lose his job after that game. I'm watching that game. I actually had on Burgundy pulling for Texas A&MD. I didn't want – I like you got to win this one. You got to win this. And what I saw in the second half made me so angry. It made me so angry. It made me go make a sandwich, and I wasn't even hungry. I saw some of the worst play. You up by 34 points, okay? And you got a freshman quarterback because your quarterback gets hurt. And for some reason, you were ran over 200 yards on this team in the first half. We were all over Now you want to start getting cute and throwing the ball down the middle of the field. Now you want to start getting cute and doing all this funny stuff instead of letting the clock be your friend, letting that big offensive line just run all over. If they run in blitzes and stuff, they have the presence of mind to run a few screens. Have the presence of mind to, to, to use your tight end over the middle. Anything that any dime store football fan would do when you're up by 34 points. Instead, all of a sudden, you start wanting to get killed on offense. On top of that, this defense that was absolutely burying Rosen in the first half, you made no adjustment at all. You made no adjustment at all. Okay, you got all you need is a first down or a field goal, okay, so that you can go up by more than two scores and go home with that victory. Instead, you take your freshman quarterback and you try to throw a pass. Instead of just running the ball up in there, kicking a field goal, getting out of there with a win. I was frustrated watching how that game 
what was going on on that sideline. But this wasn't a fact. Josh Rosen, yeah, a, a, a lot of crazy happened in that second half for them to come back. I watched it. He was like, oh, boy. But but Texas A&M and that coaching staff was just as much at fault for them coming back from that big deficit as it was Josh Rosen, the Josh Rosen show. They made some plays. There was some fluky stuff that happened. But when you saw what Texas A&M was doing on offense, to simply stop the clock without UCLA even having to use a timeout. And it was just the stupidest thing I had ever seen with a team that had just dominated a team to that point. It made no sense to me. And the fact that he got out of Los Angeles with his job, he should consider it a blessing. Because what I saw, and and, and, and you might have been asleep, but they replay it, just watch the second half. Don't watch the first half. Just watch the second half, and you'll be like, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> and when your job is on the line, that game was a microcosm of what's been going on with A&M. Start strong, and then all of a sudden, everybody forgot they got a second half of the game to play or a second half of the season to play. And if I'm a, if I'm a regent, if I'm a fan of A&M, and I put myself in that role last night, yeah, you got to go. You got to go now. We might as well make a change now. I'm serious. That was pathetic. That was pathetic. 28 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they don't save you now. I mean, it's a matter they can't of save time. There's no, there's no excuse for that. When you think about how he was running the football, they had one running back. They ran for over 200 yards in that game. He didn't even get the ball, but maybe another three carries in the second half. That's unheard of. And I was just a casual fan. Hank is still in the deal here. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. He is, he is in rare form. Hey, that's our goal. And, 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 and we're we going to say this. It has been this. We are just getting started with college football. And um, we'll we'll get more. The season has been crazy. But, hey, end off, maybe for dropping the mic, I'd like you just maybe, uh, we, we'll be doing the Colin Watch, maybe say a little bit uh, about your reaction to Aaron Rodgers coming out and, and what he said about uh, in terms of uh, Colin Kaepernick. Listen. You know, these quarterbacks know each other, okay, and these athletes know each other, all right? And it's it's a real raggedy argument to say that this man can't play. And Aaron Rodgers came out and said that in Bravo for him. You know, I I just, just, the only thing I will say about this is this, because we've we've talked about Colin Kaepernick quite a bit. But, Colin, listen, if you want to play – Say you want to play. Just say you want to play. All right? Put the owners back on these owners and see what, what happens then. Don't. This ain't no time to be silent. If you really want to see what's going on, speak up. Say, I am willing to play in the NFL. And make them tell you no because you decided to kneel. Now we got something to talk about.
Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause throughout the stadium as the man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. They're looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. Devon Trump. Yes, 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 today. Love Talk Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And if you can do that, then the people talk a lot about their training staff. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.